Today on Augmenters, we are talking about tips for finding a mentor for new grads. It's hard out there for hustling new grads. You know what you're looking for. And we're here to share with you ways to connect better with others and grow to your potential and search for mentors. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Julie. And we're excited to speak to these new graduates, whether with bachelor's degrees, associate's degrees, master's degrees, or anything in between or extrapolated. We're also talking to people who are helping those new grads. So you might be a mentor to new graduates. We're here for you today. We're going to talk about how you can connect better with others by approaching people with humility. You're going to learn how to grow to your potential by asking great questions. Not even good questions. Ask great questions. Keep it simple. This entire episode is based on the Augmenter's principle of the search. So, Jimmy, I am so excited for this conversation because you know what? I just got back from a big graduation and I I like rocked so hard. I have a bad cold. I'm sorry. I'm a little nasally. Big graduation. Yeah. I don't have a bad cold. I just can't use a tissue. So we both sound like we are half in the barrel underwater. Well, we like to, you know, be there for each other. So I thought I'd, you know grab a cold in the meantime but uh yeah it is graduation season i just got back uh my youngest daughter graduated from high school which is bonkers my older daughter is uh getting ready to finish up her senior year and there's a lot of people out there looking for jobs yeah and and my daughter is figuring out how to pull up plants so congrats to you julie (laughs) I, you know, it comes with time. It comes with time. They graduate from plants to, you know, who knows what. And then before you know it, they're graduating and they're looking for jobs. They're trying to figure out how to get their next, you know, their first opportunity actually for a lot of them. So I also know, Jimmy, that you talk to a lot of grad students, as do I. What's going on with them? How are they doing? I think if I could use the analogy or the metaphor, I'm sorry, the metaphor of the weather to describe how the emotions are undulating for new grads. It would be a hot summer day where there's rolling thunderstorms in and out with flashes of brilliant, beautiful sunshine. And you are not cold, but you're definitely not warm. There's just a lot going on. AKA, your hair's going to look weird. It's going to be frizzy. Hey, I feel a little called out, but I I got it. Called out? Uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm having a good hair day today. You are. You are. The humidity, you know, humidity, it's not my, uh, not my best look. But you know what also reminds me of humidity? Humility. humility. Which is absolutely the first thing we want to talk about here today. Because my experience is there is a lot of grad graduates coming out of, as you said, college, grad school, PhD programs, associate degrees, etc. And they've had a lot of things show up for them. I think they have had the chance to be on teams. They've done well on teams. They've been in clubs. They've had part-time jobs. And there's a sort of expectation that they're going to enter the workforce. And suddenly, these doors that potentially open for them or the people that really help them are suddenly going to be there. And they're going to get this, you know, sort of golden opportunity on their laps. And I think for a lot of them... That's not happening. So there's a lot of, you know, sort of, I don't want to say grief, that might be too big of a term, but a lot of turmoil, like you said, in your description of the weather. So how do we help some of these new grads who have had a lot of things, you know, show up on their doorstep, approach this job search 
which we are also talking about talking to mentors to help you. How do you approach it with humility? What are what are some ways that we should talk to our new grad friends on getting this done? Well, first I'd say is we should define humility. And a great way to do that is to think about humility as kind of like a stool, a three-legged stool. So the first thing is recognizing that even though there's some privilege associated with graduating from something, because it means you got into a place that wanted you to be there and you now have a credential and a whole lot more learnings than before you started, that you do need to recognize that you do have some shortcomings and limitations. That is, I'd say, step one about approaching with humility. That's not to mean you're weak. That's just, that's a strength to know your own shortcomings and limitations. And then the second leg of the stool is appreciating others' strengths. That does not put you down by saying somebody else is strong in different areas and giving somebody else credit. So when you're talking about somebody else, when you're mentioning mentors, when you're getting introduced by others or introducing others, mention somebody else's strength. That only makes you strong. And the third leg of the stool is be open to learning from others. Yes, you just got a fancy diploma. Maybe you had a cool hat with four corners on it. You had a whole lot of robe going, flowing during graduation. But trust me, a lifelong learner is a happier person who's going to give people a run for their money and get a lot done to help others. Yeah, I just I love that three-legged stool. And I love those reminders that for you to be really set up for success is you have to have that. And you also, I think with that humility, is really approaching people and being respectful of their time. And here are three things that are part of humility that are my three-legged stool that you do not want to mess with if you're going to approach somebody. Pull your bar stool up. Pull your bar stool up. I am schooling, school's in session, spelling mistakes. Do not do them. Spell check. Give it to somebody else to take a look. Do not have spelling mistakes. Do not be presumptuous. Do not assume that this person is just sitting there waiting for your call and that this person uh, has infinite amount of time, energy uh, to spend with you. Be humble in the way that you ask them. And the third is be specific. Make sure that if you are asking for a call, if you're asking for a time to meet, if you're asking for a coffee, be specific about what you would like to do in the conversation and when you want to do it. Make it easy for the person that you're contacting to be able to say yes to a conversation with you because you've been fl- you've flattered them, you were able to you had great spelling, very important. Uh, you were respectful of their time and you were specific about what you wanted to get out of the conversation. Can you lay on me a potentially successful intro email that you'd recommend? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've had some really great ones. And I can tell you that the first thing I did when I got these is I literally wrote back to them and said, this is an excellent outreach email. Thank you so much. I would love to talk to you. And I've also gone so far as to really make quite a few introductions for people who have done that as well. You know, if they've really approached me, not only my conversation afterwards, I will reach out to three people on their behalf because it did such a nice job reaching out. I can think of one graduate from UNH. I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, but she crushed it. So would a potentially good email start with a little bit about yourself, such as, hi, 
I'm so-and-so. I love reptiles. I used to have three large snakes at home, uh, but now I only have two. May I come to your office to meet with you? And you're like, oh, fantastic. Eatwell Global is a remote-only company. No, you cannot come to your office with your extra snake. No, thanks. I think that that would be a magically hilarious outreach. I have gotten weird outreaches. Nothing quite that weird, Jimmy. I think that that is safe for you. Yes, a really good outreach starts with, hello, Julie. I have been following your company. I saw your awesome podcast. I listened to this episode. You just need a couple lines. You don't need to go overboard, but just enough, you know, yep. recognize what you do, recognize what's going on. I'd love to hear more about your story. I'd love to hear how you got where you are. I'd love to see if you have any advice for somebody like me. Could we pencil in 15 minutes? I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. Here's a link. Here's times I'm available. Would you like to do it on the phone or would you like to do it on Zoom? Thank you so much. I appreciate your time from Bob without the reptiles. From Bob, no reptiles. Six sentences, eight, seven sentences max. I like it. My one thought on that email, which is my style, not necessarily yours, is I always allow the person to reply with yes and only yes to an email to lock up a meeting. So that means I will almost always do exactly what Julie has said. And I recommend this to everybody. And then, because it's my style and it works for me. And then I say, could we meet at this day, Monday, June, whatever. And I put in parentheses the numbers after writing it out at 3 p.m. space ET for Eastern time, question mark. And then I say, alternatively, X, Y, Z, what works better for you, blah, 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 exactly how Julie said it. The power of letting somebody reply with just a yes, and then you send a calendar invite and they just have to click. That means all they've had to do then is type Y-E-S, click send, and then wait for your email and click for a fifth time, five and only five clicks to accept a calendar invite. I love that. Keep it super, 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 super simple. Yeah. So that all you need is a yes. And the one more thing I wanted to add too, is if you actually have somebody in common that you both know, absolutely drop the name. So-and-so referred me to you. I met so-and-so at a conference. And they recommended I talk to you. That's an extra bonus point. Not necessary, but a bonus point. So our next segment here on growing to your potential, you have the meeting, you followed our great tips. You had six to seven questions. You sent them the note. They wrote back. Yes. Wait, six to seven questions? Six to seven questions. Six, six to seven questions. Prepared? I mean, six to seven sentences. Sorry. Six to seven oh. sentences. No, you, no, no, no. You don't have questions. No, no, no. Six to seven no sentences. Questions. You kept it simple. You asked for the time. They wrote back. Yes. Now is your opportunity to grow to your potential. You have a potential opportunity to have a 15 plus minute chat with somebody really important. What do you do? Do you panic? Do you start like downing Mountain Dew and get like really amped? Oh yeah. Mountain Dew code red coming in hot. <laughs> I'm more of a diet Mountain Dew fan myself. But what do you do? You're about to get on the phone. You take a deep breath and you smile. I knew you were going to say that. I read your mind. You take a deep breath and you smile. As we all know, if you've been listening to Augmenter's podcast, that's the best way to start any conversation. And you just show up. You show up and bonus points, because we always love the bonus points. You've already written down three to five questions. If you're in Australia or New Zealand, they're going to call it a fistful of questions. And you're going to be prepared to ask good, open-ended, non-yes or no questions about how somebody got to where they are, especially around your goal for your career or your goal in that discussion. So how I like to do this best is I will start 
before the conversation. I'll take five minutes. I'll write the word purpose, not to be confused with porpoise, but I'll put purpose, colon, and I'll say, what do I want to get out of this call? Sometimes the purpose will just be make sure Julie's not mad and adjust meeting time. <laughs> That's the purpose. And then I will list uh, three to five questions. So if my purpose is I want this person to accept a meeting with one of my former students. I've been asked questions such as, when was the last time a person walked into your office and you were like, I want to hire this entry level individual and why? Tell me about the background of that individual when they came into your office. Uh, what were one or two skills that, were, that are just required to be successful at your firm? What do you not look for in, uh, in the characteristics of somebody to join your company? And maybe something just silly, like what makes you happiest outside of work? Just to build a little bit of relationship. Yeah. And I've learned that the more I'm quiet, I, don't ask me why I started a podcast, but I've learned the more I'm quiet in the conversation, the more that person likes me. So either I'm a bit of an arse or an idiot or what all the science says, people love hearing the sound of their own voice more than they like the sound of hearing somebody else's voice. Except maybe if you're like Whitney Houston. I, I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> And yeah, the opportunity for people to get a chance to talk about themselves a bit and share their own experience, share their journey, their pitfalls. Um, so I feel like having a few really good, easy questions and then having a few that really build on what the person's talking about. So whether they're telling you a story about how they pivoted and, you know, they were down one path and then down another path, maybe how did they make that choice or who guided them or what they would, uh, maybe even what they would do differently if they, if they had the opportunity to do it again, depending upon how open the person is. But really having kind of those guiding questions, three to five questions, keep it pretty brief, and then really end it with what kind of advice, you know, you can kind of bring yourself in there. What kind of advice do you have for somebody like me who graduated with an X degree, who's really interested in X, Y, and Z? What kind of advice would you have for me? And that person who you're talking to, if they like you, they will probably say, I would advise you to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm happy to give you a little bit of help. And they might say, you might want to talk to this person or you might want to talk to that person. And that's when you've opened the door to allow them to do something for you. And if that door doesn't open, then you very kindly say, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to staying in touch. Perfect. Put the relationship in the bank. Julie, what is your favorite door to open for somebody? Like, is there a certain person you, you turn to, a certain industry, a certain article, yeah. a certain book? Yeah. Well, it depends. I feel like people come to me either because they want to work in nutrition, which is my field, or they want to start a business. So if they are asking me because they want to start a business, I have phenomenal resources from Weibo, which is a class that I took to um, different content to help them with that, but also just to talk to other entrepreneurs. I will always give three people to talk to if I think the person's worth having an additional conversation Great. with. I try to keep it okay. in threes if I can. Or, yeah. Or if they want to start a nutrition business, they can apply to matriculate to the Tufts Friedman School of Nutrition and receive the uh, Entrepreneurship Innovation Specialization. That is very true. And I think I often, I mean, you're definitely top of my list of people to refer to because I figure you will actually oh, talk to anybody. Go on. But um, yeah, no, I think, I think I just feel it's great. It's great karma. And you never know. You never know that this person could go work great for karma. somebody that you referred them to. And now this person's like, God, Julie sent me this person who just saved my life. And I am so grateful for it. So 
again, but if you don't come with, if you don't approach with humility, you don't ask good questions, you're not getting this, these, this little door open, push open thing for you. Totally. In the end, you just got to start, right? Like what, that's the biggest barrier, don't you think? You just have to start. And how do you look for these people? This is the biggest question I get. How, where do I go to find people to help? Is it just like on Indeed? Is it on Monster? Is it in the newspaper? Just kidding. Nobody ever looks for jobs in newspapers. Like how, how do people find people to talk to? Where do, where do right. other people look? Where do other people look? Not, not what I want to do. I think the number one place that people look is just internet searches or going on company websites. And I believe that is efficient and will lead to frustration and lack of enjoyment in the process, which then will create lower performance in the interactions that matter. To do this best, you need to reach out to your mentors, your mentees, your colleagues, your friends, and have real conversations and bring it in those conversations. So I don't think you should look online. I think you should look to the people who care about you and the people you care about or the people who you look up to and may want to walk a similar path. I 150,000% agree. I think people just decide they're going to spend all their time on online portals and you don't get anywhere. And also sometimes people are just aren't open to having conversations. They're like, no, no, I'm not interested in that. Or I don't want to live in Philadelphia. So I'm not going to like take this conversation, take every single conversation. Again, your first conversation with me might turn into a second conversation with somebody else, which might turn into a third conversation with the actual person that you really, really, really want to talk to and may have an opportunity for you. So just start and just say yes. Amen to that. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. And if you'd like to, you can go listen to some of our Augmenters earlier episodes where we talk about the third principle of Augmenters, which is the search. And our spirit guide is... The world, I mean, Sherlock Holmes, who searched better. Sherlock Holmes, rock your tweed, and our discussion with Dr. Taylor Wallace, America's favorite food scientist is phenomenal about search. So if you want a little more content and advice, go back there. Otherwise, just start, send some emails, show up with a pithy story about how you splashed water accidentally on your shoes that day and say hi to people and care. And let us know how you do. Let us know yes. if these are helpful. And if you have any other tips, we want to hear. And uh, if your tip, if these tips are working, we'd love to have you on. So find us yeah, at augmenters.us. Verbal tips, cash app tips. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, good luck. Augmenters out. Wow, you've made it this far and we thank you. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode and discovered new ways to bring more authentic connection into your mentoring relationships. Want to tell them more, Jimmy? Be an augmenter with us. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Dot us. Share our podcast with someone you care about. Like and subscribe. And yes, really, you following our show and writing a review, it's a big deal. Your actions provide us with the resources to continue our undefeated, unencumbered, prize-winning productions. We welcome questions and suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or on social with our handle at augmentershq. We are most active and available on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out an earnest thank you to our intrepid producer, Erlen Cato. We appreciate you. Augmenters out. See ya.